This is Dr. Chad Edwards, and you are listening to podcast number 69 of Against the Grain. What guy doesn't want to maximize their testosterone? Through using all natural and organic ingredients, men now have an option for a locally made paraben and sulfate-free shampoo, conditioner, and face wash. Not only does Dude's Manly products smell great, which drives ladies crazy, by the way, in a good way, they put a unique spin on their shampoo with it actually having a dark gray color because of the coconut shell charcoal that is used to remove the toxins. Dude can be purchased at the Tulsa Men's Shop and also online at www dudemanlystuff.com that's d-o-o-d manlystuff.com welcome to against the grain podcast with dr chad edwards where he challenges the status quo when it comes to medicine we get into hot topics in the medical field with real stories from real patients to help you on your way to a healthy lifestyle get ready because we're about to go go against the grain hello hello this is the super tall marshall morris And today I am joined with Dr. Chad Edwards, who believes that 80% of medical recommendations are crap. Pure crap. uh, Technically speaking. Um, He is a board certified family physician. He served in the U.S. Army. He's the author of Revolutionize Your Health with Customized Supplements. He is the founder of RevolutionHealth.org and the Against the Grain podcast. Dr. Edwards, welcome. It's good to be here. It It feels like forever, but it hasn't been... You know, I don't know. It's good to be here. Good yeah, to- absolutely. And we've we've covered some really awesome topics recently. You know, the last podcast we did the HCG diet. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And uh, a little while back, uh, we were breaching the topic of cholesterol, which we have some more episodes oh coming up soon. Yes. So, uh, so what are we getting into today as the hot topic? Yeah. So today I wanted to, and I was actually thinking, you know, as you were saying that, I was like, maybe some of these topics were against the grain yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry like add a little cheese on your day yeah um so today i wanted to talk about something that i'm actually pretty passionate about i mean as if i'm not passionate about many of these topics but this one in particular is really kind of how and i've talked about this many times on some of the podcasts before but we're going to talk about some of the mechanisms by which your body gets pain how you perceive pain and then what we should do about it uh, and there's two reasons that I wanted to do this topic, and it's it's not necessarily a whole new topic, but we're going to take a little bit different spin on it um, because so many patients have pain that you know they don't quite understand. Uh, so often, you know, it's low back pain and it's going down my leg, and they think it's a herniated disc. And the reality is, is most of the time, in my experience, I can't say across the board. I'm talking about in my clinical experience, and literally over the last eight years of doing prolotherapy, I've had one patient one that came in that had back pain that had pain going down their leg that was due to a herniated disc wow one wow patients that i see in the emergency room same thing you know i'll do an exam on them and i i don't ever want to cross that ethical boundary of i'm seeing you in the emergency room and hey come see me in clinic and i'll get you you know of course it's another city anyway but um it's i don't want to like cross that ethical boundary and, and say, Hey, I'm going to you know come to my clinic and I'll treat you. Although, you know, if you know the solution, then you know, why wouldn't you, you know, I, I just like to keep it real clean. You know, I don't want to steer them or ever be perceived of having some kind of conflict of interest or something like that. So, uh, but I see them so commonly they'll come in, they've got back pain. Uh, they've got some kind of thing going on. They've got leg weakness. They've got this tingling, uh, kind of thing. They, any of these kind of symptoms and I will do an exam and I'm like, the only thing that's going to fix this is a ligament or uh, tendon regeneration technique 
like prolotherapy, PRP, and even stem cell. And many of them don't, they don't have the, the funds to be able to afford something like that. Insurance, unfortunately, doesn't cover most of these procedures. Uh, and I, I mean, I feel bad for them, but we maybe maybe one of the listeners can come up with some way that we can fund, set up a, a GoFundMe for sure. everyone uh, that, that wants or needs prolotherapy, stem cell, PRP kind of thing. But um, it's not free. There's a cost with it. You know, I, I, and I have to I have to charge patients to do that. So, uh, but so many of them, it's like, gosh, I, I mean, I wish that there was a way that patients could get it in the same way that they would get surgery. It would save insurance companies so much money if they would just listen to this. And it goes back to that, you know, 80% of medical recommendations are crap. And I was reading a study that was published in, um, I'm trying to remember what journal it was studied, uh, published in. Um, I think it was the Lancet. Uh, and it was done in the mid 1980s on prolotherapy and had very significant results. I mean, statistically significant improvement in pain. And it was a randomized placebo controlled double blinded study I mean, the good gold standard kind of studies. And it showed it worked. That's a study proving prolotherapy. And I'll be honest with you. I don't need a study to prove that prolotherapy works. If you come to see me, you have pain. I inject prolotherapy or perform this procedure prolotherapy prp stem cell and you walk away not necessarily tomorrow but you have no pain and you have full function do i need a study to tell me that that procedure works so why i mean it goes back to that you know so many of my colleagues just get caught up in this well what's the evidence it works i'm like i don't know because your patient got better (laughs) i mean it's it's asinine to me and it's absolutely maddening so uh, I want to talk about a little bit more about some of the ways that your body can perceive pain. And so I had a couple of patients that I wanted to kind of throw out there because I thought it was just really interesting uh, about this. First one. Uh, so this is a, um, I don't remember her exact age. I'll say 40 year old. Um, we'll call her Sheila. Sheila. <laughs> Sheila. I like um, that name. So 40 year old uh, lady, she was, uh, she actually saw me when I worked at one of the big clinics here in Tulsa. In 2011, it may have been early 2012, but somewhere in that realm. So we're talking five to six, you know, four to five years ago. And she was hit by a semi truck. So in her car and there was a, you know, a lawsuit associated with that. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, but she had a specific kind of pain and, or a, a specific kind of symptom. And the only thing that really worked for her was prolotherapy but she couldn't get it because of all the nuances associated with the um with the litigation and you know the fact that a semi-truck and you know all those kinds of things well everything got settled recently and so she was finally able to come see us she waited five years to come see us in follow-up and the pain's still there pain's still there actually had surgeries on different things uh, and we're going to be addressing all of those things but you know it's just striking to me that she got a procedure five years ago felt better didn't fix it but felt better she was able to perform and you know do her job and do everything she needed to do but they wouldn't let her get more of it because we had to check boxes for you know different litigation things i've had other patients that had similar issues you know well workman's comp won't let me do this you know are you kidding the goal is that you get better the goal is that you return to full function why in the world would we intervene on that? And it's because they'll say, well, where's, where's the proof? There's no proof that this works. Yes, there is. 
almost all of our patients. I mean, greater than 90% success rate. So the interesting uh, thing about this patient is, you know, when we do this procedure, there's a little bit of lidocaine in the solution. And the way you do the procedure matters. And there is an art to it. And I've done thousands and thousands of these procedures and obviously very comfortable with it. But the feedback the patient gives me at the time that we do the procedure is critical that uh, many times, you know, and I've, I've developed the, uh, the patterns for how patients hurt and, and the referral patterns. And, you know, I've got a pretty good idea. You know, when they come in, they say, I've got shoulder pain, but it goes down the side of my arm. And when I do this, it goes down to my elbow and I got a pretty good idea. Okay. This is where the problem is. And, you know, nine times out of 10, I'll inject that. And they're like, Oh, yep, that's it. And they get up and the lidocaine, uh, will numb that area up. And so that gives us the feedback that, yep, that was it. Now, the interesting thing for this particular patient, it wasn't that she necessarily had this horrific pain. It was that she had a lot of instability. She felt, uh, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating and these are not her words, but um, she almost felt like her, her vertebrae were going to fall apart. You know, that there was just no stability whatsoever. Uh, felt kind of like Gumby, uh, just jello. I feel like that all the time. Do you? Yeah, six foot seven. I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, because I I can't. I'm not even. I'm not even. You know, five foot seven. So yeah, it's just you're like in another world up there. I just I feel like I'm gonna topple over at any moment, and many times I do. Dan that's, Dan remembers that. I was playing basketball last night. I was on the floor more than I was upright, so it was good. That that I can't even. I apologize. No, it's good. So, so she she feels like her vertebrae is going to fall apart, and so she feels like Gumby. And so the instability is the significant part. In addition to the pain, you're fixing the pain uh, that she's experiencing. Okay. Yeah. But but why why instability as well? Yeah, and so that gets into the the heart of the issue, and that one of the main things that I wanted to talk about is when you you hurt actually let me go ahead and address the second patient let me go ahead and introduce this okay and so we're coming back she's experienced sheila sheila she's experiencing instability in her spine in her spine is that right vertebrae that's right okay Okay. and now we're moving on to patient number two yeah we'll call him biff biff okay why not yeah Uh, biff biff so he so this guy comes in he's got hip pain now We'd done uh, a couple of rounds of prolotherapy uh, on his hip. We did some intra-articular, and then we had treated some areas around his hip. After his second prolotherapy procedure, the same day, he went and got an MRI. The MRI, interestingly, showed inflammation in all these different places and said he had tendinopathy in the rectus femoris tendon uh, and the gluteal media, gluteus medius uh, or minimus anyway one of the gluteal complex muscles and like all these different things uh, and it was like there's you know a significant amount of uh, tendinosis and and edema and i was like yeah because we just did prolotherapy what, what does all that mean for for my third grader mind is it swelling is it inflammation what is all that yeah so the 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 suffix itis so tendon itis appendicitis or appendix appendix itis you know, those, it's inflammation of that particular structure. So when we're talking about a tendon, it's inflammation of that tendon. And remember, the body heals through inflammation. Inflammation is the, is the mechanism by which we heal. Chronic inflammation is a different story. But we heal through inflammation. So it's a good thing. And so in this case, he had just gotten prolotherapy, went and got an MRI, and it showed there were five 
you know, they, they often will do finding number one, number two, number three, four, or five. So three through five were all about uh, tendinosis, tendinopathy, and the osis is just condition of. So there's just some kind of problem with the tendon. Um, and all of them were in the places where we did the prolotherapy. And I was like, spot on, rock and roll. Because um, it tells me, yeah, yeah. Sir, you had a procedure done, didn't you? Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, my, that's my thought. Yeah. But of course, you know, most most um, physicians aren't doing prolotherapy and certainly we're not getting prolotherapy and then immediately going into an MRI. So this sure. isn't a finding that we see frequently. Yeah. But it's in the exact areas where we did the injection. So it's just interesting to me that, you know, we saw this. But the real the real issue is that on his MRI, he had this big labral tear. So in the, there's this, it's almost like the meniscus in your knee, but for your hip. So he had this big labral tear almost completely all the way around and I, of course, he didn't see an orthopedic surgeon immediately after that. Hasn't seen one in follow-up yet. Um, he, he came to me for follow-up. So I look at that, and I and, and this patient says they have hip pain. I can almost guarantee that when he sees an orthopedic surgeon, they're going to say, oh, we need to go in and repair that, that labrum. You know, that's, that's the problem with your hip. And so that, you know, you got one patient that feels instability, and then you have another patient that, has pain in the quote hip and two different mechanisms two different things going on and you know one of them of course she had had surgery uh has not had an mri on her thoracic spine to determine is there any issues that need to be addressed with surgery but so but but it feels unstable so it's just different and then i've had some patients that came in and they felt like tingling you know it's like this tingling sensation uh, I get, you know, patients will come in and, and their, their, um, knees will feel weak. Their elbows will feel weak. In fact, you know, my former commander, when I was on active duty, the guy that got me triggered into prolotherapy couldn't grab a, a suitcase, a briefcase, a, his weapon, anything and grab it and pick it up because of that pain in his elbow. That's what we, you know, a, a lateral epicondylitis. And so it just, like the signal gets shut off, like the muscles won't work. I can't lift it up. It hurts sometimes. Sometimes it's just weakness. I, I, I just can't do it. It won't do it. The body's trying to protect itself. And so um, we can, if you want, we can take a little break and then we can come back and talk about the what's actually going on and what we do about that and how we know that that's the real problem and not something else. Yeah, I want to hear the kind of the wrap up of these two patients. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and wrap it up. Cool. Are you tired and fatigued? Are you frustrated with doctors because they just don't seem to listen? Do you want to fix your pain without surgery? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then we are the clinic for you. We offer prolotherapy, PRP or platelet-rich plasma therapy, and stem cell injections, IV nutritional therapies, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and functional medicine to get you back on track to optimal health. Call our clinic at 918-935-3636 or visit our website at www.revolutionhealth.org to schedule your appointment today. Okay, we are back with Dr. Chad Edwards, and we're talking about uh, a couple cases here um, and how it relates to prolotherapy. Um, these two cases are a little bit unique in that uh, they have two separate symptoms, I guess you would say, or pain. They're experiencing pain in different places. You got Sheila, okay, Sheila, uh, who's experiencing instability in her spine, and then you have Biff, okay? Yeah. We got Biff, who's uh, experiencing a lot of pain in his hip, 
and uh, Biff has just brought back a uh, MRI to Dr. Edwards here, and we're talking about these two different cases and how maybe prolotherapy played a role in the pain and the the instability of Sheila there. But uh, Dr. Edwards, talk to me, what really was causing uh, maybe these two issues, or what was the underlying root? Because we talked about what they were coming, uh, the, the two patients were coming from the hospital and telling you what the doctor said there. Okay. Uh, tell me what is kind of like the issue that's going on for both of them. Yeah. So pain is multifactorial. There's multiple components of that. Some people, you know, uh, they've got a very high threshold. Uh, they've, they've got a very high pain tolerance. Uh, it takes a lot before they say, Oh, that really hurts. Some patients it's like the wind changes and they're like, oh, it hurts. There's a lot of psychological component with that. And that doesn't mean they're crazy. That doesn't mean you know anything. There can be a large anxiety component with it. Um, so there, there's just a lot that goes into the perception of pain. But in the case of, uh, so we'll start with, we'll start with Sheila. So in her case, you have the structure, you have the, you have the spine. And then what holds the spine together are ligaments, holding the the bones together and forming these the facet joints and all those kinds of things and you have um these inter or inter spinous uh, intervertebral uh discs you know the the uh the lumbar thoracic and cervical uh discs and uh, then you have muscles that kind of hold all that stuff together as well so you got some tendons that are holding the muscles to the bones and those kinds of things what most people don't think about what most physicians, I would argue, don't think about is that ligaments are very, very densely innervated with nerve fibers. In other words, there's a lot of nerves in ligaments and tendons. Pain comes from somewhere, requires a receptor, except for like a, a, um, a what, phantom pain, phantom limb pain, if you get your leg cut off. But it's still a nerve that's interpreting something weird, even though that nerve's not down there at the ankle if you get your knee you know, cut off at the knee. Uh, but you feel like your ankle hurts because of the stimulation on that nerve. So in this case, ligaments and tendons very densely innervated with nerves, and those nerves are sensitive to pressure and stretching. And if you think about a micro damage, micro tear, micro, however you want to call it, but it's on a very, very small scale that allows the ligament to stretch ever so slightly, but it irritates the nerves because those nerves don't like stretching. Um, and they don't like the pressure on them either. It's why some swelling can cause pain because it's putting pressure on those nerves, and that's one of the mechanisms by which that can cause pain. So the uh, the ligaments and tendons, when they're kind of doing this micro-stretching thing, causes a signal to be sent to the brain. Now, sometimes that signal is interpreted as pain. So that can be one of the manifestations. You got something wrong, it hurts, you know, need to fix it. In her case, this instability was caused by ligament and tendon damage and she had a significant mechanism multiple years ago didn't heal and that's what she's dealing with so the interesting thing is when we go in with prolotherapy and do these injections remember there's a little bit of lidocaine in these salute in, in the solution so what we're doing is we're taking that receptor that nerve receptor that lives in the ligaments and tendons we're taking that out of the equation the interesting thing for me is that she sat up and she said oh my gosh, I feel like my back just completely tightened up and it doesn't feel 
loose and floppy anymore. She and she, you know, put her hands together, you know, one on top of the other, and kind of squeezed, made that squeezing motion, uh, and was just like it just feels like you know, and it's just tightened up. I didn't. Nothing happened that actually tightened anything up. It's not this. Her back is not fixed. It's not healed. It's not any of those things. That's going to take time through the healing process through inflammation. The interesting thing is that the lidocaine removed the sensation. So the signal is no longer going to the brain. The brain is no longer interpreting this as an instability. My point is that there, I would argue that there really isn't any true instability. That her spine isn't necessarily any floppier, although maybe, but her spine isn't necessarily any floppier than it was before. You just removed the sensation of that. And that is one of the really cool things about the way we do prolotherapy with that lidocaine because we can identify with very high success rate exactly where the problem is coming from. And we've talked about MRI before in a previous podcast. I can't, I can't remember which, what number it was. If you go back, you know, for our listeners, you go back and just scroll down the page, you'll, you'll find it. But MRI is a very, very sensitive uh, evaluation. It's a very sensitive test. Sensitive means that you're going to pick up everything. You're going to identify every single possible um, issue. Now, it, it's not going to detect some of these minor ligament tendon damage issues. Uh, there's really nothing to detect on MRI. But in Biff's case, patient two, in his case. He, he's the one with the hip. The, the hip pain. That's right. So it saw where we had injected. It's got this fluid and this inflammation. But it also saw this labral issue. So I looked at that and I said, oh, man, you know, I, I, you've probably got some issues going on outside of your hip. But if your problem is inside the hip joint, just like if it's inside the knee joint, my approach may be a little bit different. We may need to be a little bit more aggressive about how we treat that. And what I mean is. You know, we talked about prolotherapy. We talked a little bit about PRP or platelet-rich plasma therapy. And we talked a little bit about stem cell. If his problem is inside that joint, PRP or stem cell may be a better option. Prolotherapy has been around for a long time. It does very well. It may be a really good option too. But inside the joint, especially hip and knee, we may want to be more aggressive and go with PRP or stem cell. You keep saying a uh, better option. A uh, better option than what? Than the than the standard dextrose prolotherapy. Okay. Uh, then you know, so all of them are those tissue regeneration techniques. Sure. Uh, all of them, if we can fix these issues with any of them, I would argue that's a better option than surgery. Surgery has its place. I'm not anti-surgery, but I don't go into a, a patient evaluation and the patient says my knee hurts. I can't find anything wrong. Well, let's go take a look. Sure. That's a load of crap. And, and and based on the MRI that he brought you, uh, you believe that the next recommendation from the orthopedist, um, he he would he would be recommending surgery for that type of tear. Or potentially. I I suspect that that's the case. I, I mean, in fairness, that didn't happen. Okay. I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. I can't say exactly. Just my experience. Yeah. That's what they're going to recommend. That that's my experience. Sure. So. I mean, I want to be clear about that. Yeah. So, but when I looked at his MRI, I was like, oh, okay, we're, we may be dealing with something more intra-articular than inside the joint than what I was originally thinking. So I actually talked with him, did the full 
discussion about PRP and stem cell. And I said, you know, we'll, we'll have to bring you back to do the stem cell portion because it takes time to harvest the stem cells or if we use umbilical then to, or uh, amniotic, then we've got to order them in and all those things. So um, it's, it's going to take time. So we'll bring you back. But I said, you know, it may not be a bad idea just to go ahead and address everything else on your hip. So we were injecting, you know, near the sacroiliac in the back, uh, the pubic tubercle in the front, some uh, tendon insertions, those kinds of things. And, but we also injected inside the hip joint. We did all of that at the same time on his second round. So for this one, I said, you know, let's, let's go ahead and treat everything else. We'll have to bring you back. We're pretty booked up, so we're going to have to squeeze you in, and it'll be easier if we just go ahead and get everything else knocked out. Then we can just do the one intraarticular. That won't take me too long. We can get you squeezed in pretty quick. So he's like, man, that sounds like a great idea. Let's rock and roll. Let's do that. So he was teed up, ready to come back for stem cell and PRP, which is substantially more expensive than, than prolotherapy. But the interesting thing was I did his injections at the, the, uh, the pubic tubercle and uh, the, uh, the SI joint in the back, and I had him stand up, and of course there's lidocaine, just like we talked about with, um, with Sheila. And he stood up, and he was like, oh, man, hey, that's, I'm good. So my thought is, if you had a problem inside your hip joint, and we didn't inject inside your hip joint, but we injected these other things, and you feel like those symptoms are now gone, is your problem actually coming from inside the hip joint? And I would argue probably not. It's not to say that there's nothing there. There's clearly something there. But that's not what's causing his symptoms. I didn't inject that. We didn't remove that from the equation. We injected these other areas. So after that, and this is where prolotherapy gets really cool because we've got MRI findings. There's something wrong on MRI. The issue is, is that is that what's causing his pain? So when we injected these other two areas, it removed those two pieces from the equation and he got better so at the end of the thing i said you know i i really hate to do this because i'm taking money out of my own pocket and i've already quote convinced you you need this procedure but you don't need that procedure i really don't think he does and and so we discussed that and of course he was fine with that and i said uh, you know if you just want to come donate to the clinic sometime well i'm happy to do it uh not a big deal it's not uh, not difficult but um, but I don't, I don't think you need that at this point. And if we need to add it at any point, we can do that at any point. So we want to be as cost effective as we can provide interventions that are the lowest risk with the least side effect. And uh, prolotherapy does really well at that. And because of the way we do the procedure, we can evaluate, is that really the problem or is there something else going on? It's really cool. And along the way, I'm sure now, if not before, uh, you've won a patient in a good way for life in that he's going to trust you that you're not going to recommend treatments that he doesn't need, you know, to feel better. Right. Uh, but should the problem or a different problem arise that's a similar, it's a pain-related symptom, hey, maybe I check out prolotherapy, you know, before I go get, you know, uh, you know, my elbow looked at for tennis elbow, right? Or, you know, well, you know, when it comes to, to surgery, you can, you can do that at any point. We can do prolotherapy or stem cell or PRP and intervene in this area. And if it doesn't work, the only thing you've lost is time and money. 
Mm-hmm. Not that that's in that. Not that that's nothing. But there's next to no risk. There's very very low risk potential for those procedures, and there's really no recovery time. You don't have to take time off. One of my good friends had a hip issue, um, and I mean it was clear in the discussion with him that he had kind of made up his mind. He wanted to go down the surgery route, and I mean I'm not going to try and talk him out of that, um, but. My thought, I, and I didn't know, with what he had, surgery may have without question been the best issue I, or the best intervention. I don't know that. But what if prolotherapy would have fixed it? He got surgery. He didn't really have any complication from surgery other than the fact that, you know, we're two, three, four months out and he's still having pain. Like worse, I don't want to say worse than he was before. It's different though. Sure. And so he's got this this pain that he i mean he had to take significant amount of time down couldn't work couldn't do that you know those are your those are not not risks those are complications from surgery there's a recovery time with prolotherapy there's not you can get it and go back to work that day you can still play sports you can still do all of your activities there's no real downtime so cost effective from a medical intervention perspective cost effective from uh recovery and what it costs the you know the u.s economy we like to say back pain costs the american you know people eight billion dollars a year i I made that number up but there there's no there's none of that because they can go right back to work there's it's just it to me it's a no-brainer to at least try it up front if it doesn't work then you know go go get surgery or whatever else is recommended by one of the other physicians but you know when it comes to shoulders we got great results with that low back pain we get great results i mean we from head to toe just about without exception i'm almost always going to recommend prolotherapy prp or stem cell as my initial intervention and if we need to we can always do surgery that's there are orthopedic surgeons that would be happy to do surgery for those issues but let's do everything we can to try to prevent that and you know if if in 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 my in Biff in his case, if I'm saying it as as, as if it's his real name, would yeah, you know. Uh, anyway, so in his case, he could have surgery on his on the labrum for his hip, and it may fix that. And he walks away still having pain. Let's fix those things first. If we're still having a problem, now we'll go pursue that. But sure. get that get the overall as healthy as we can. See what's left. Hey. The efficiency and consistency of success with prolotherapy, it strikes again. Two more patients, happy patients. Absolutely. And the list goes on and on. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what, I, uh, you know, I still am going to feel like Gumby, but I feel like that's a problem prolotherapy is not going to be able to help me with, you know, in terms of my six foot seven-ness. Didn't Gumby have a donkey mascot? Yes. Is it, yeah. Pokey. 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 Okay. Pokey. If anybody has a pokey figurine, we would love to see it. it what's a good email address that you send a picture to? Uh, I would send it to either info at or reception at revolutionhealth.org. Boom. Thank you guys so much for listening. Dr. Edwards, thanks for joining us today on tr- Prolotherapy. Always good to be here. You know this is one of my passions. I love pro. Great procedure. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast with Dr. Chad Edwards. Tune in next week where we'll be going against the grain.